Hello and welcome to episode 121 of the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. I'm Derek. I'm Craig. And this is Pink. This week we're going to be talking about boredom and the younger generation. So grab your USBs and ESVs and let's get started. I saw an interesting article the past couple of weeks uh, from the Daily Beast. I saw it on Twitter. I think John Dyer tweeted it out or something. Um, but Who is the Daily Beast? Who's behind that? I have. That's n- not the Daily Wire, right? It's completely separate. I have absolutely no idea. It looks and it's like not humble beast. Not a fake news site. So uh, that's that's where I'm at on, <laughs> on research. Um, so, so it's not a mashup of um, Ben Shapiro and propaganda or something like no, that. No, no, uh, I don't think so. We're going to get letters about that, Craig. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> propaganda the rap, the rap artists like the hip hop oh, artists. Oh, now. oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Humble beast and oh, yeah, oh, I see what you. I, I, okay, I totally missed that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I even precursed it before I gave the joke. Anyway, it doesn't matter. No, it's fine. So the headline stood out to me because it says Generation Z is already bored by the internet. So just to read down through a couple of notable paragraphs, it starts off saying teenagers today have unprecedented access to technology and yet many report that they've never been so bored. There's a notion among older people that teens with their smartphones and unlimited internet access never experience boredom. Many media outlets have repeatedly declared that smartphones have killed boredom as we know it. Today, we don't have time to daydream. Waiting in the doctor's office or standing in line, we can check our email, play Angry Birds, or Twitter, a media consultant once declared in HuffPost. But today's teens are still bored, often incredibly so. They're just more likely to experience a new type of boredom called phone board. So this is the term that they've adopted to describe this this sort of thing. Um, and down, uh, jumping down a little bit, it explains it a little further. It's tempting to think that these devices with their endless ability to stimulate offer salvation from the type of mind-numbing boredom that is so core to the teen experience. But humans adapt to the conditions that surround them, and technical advances are no different. What seemed novel to one generation feels passe to the next. To many teens, smartphones, and the internet have already lost their appeal. What do you guys think of this uh, idea? The that uh, I, I know for me, I I mean I heard it a, a lot that like the internet it will kill boredom. Kids will never get off their phones because they will, you know, it, it's constant stimulation. Um, and even that's something that we hear a lot about with the current social media um, debacles going on with uh, the Facebook stuff. You know, all this stuff is designed to catch our attention, to keep us there. Um, so we don't get bored and so we don't log off uh, so that we're engaged for longer. Uh, this seems to be going uh, against that. What are your thoughts? On the one hand, I think it makes sense because I think it's like anything, particularly with young people, um, although probably any age group really, you know, you get a new thing and it's interesting for a while and then it becomes just part of life. And so you don't appreciate it as much. You take it for granted and therefore it's easier to get bored with it. I guess the when you're just sort of looking at it on face value, the assumption would be, like you said, Derek, that within this thing, 
there's so many options as to what you could possibly do with your time while using this thing that that how could you possibly not find one of those options options interesting so it's not like when I was little and I got my first when I was sort of a teenager I got my first mountain bike and I rode it a ton and then after 6 12 months whatever it was I I didn't ride it as much anymore and I would say to my parents I'm bored um with a phone, you kind of expect that, or with an iPad or something, you kind of expect that, well, the whole internet is at your fingertips or there's like a million apps in the app store. Surely you can find something to amuse yourself. Um, I guess that's kind of why it seems like this is a, like maybe a strange thing. But I just think anything that we have in our lives every day that just becomes part of like an extension of self or whatever or, or just something that we, we draw on often uh, has a tendency to... Um, become boring to us because we just get so um there's so much repetition involved in what we're doing that we kind of just go oh, I've, I've done this before i've seen this before um you know <laughs> i've wasted three hours doing this before um so yeah I, i'm not surprised by the assertion that um this is happening i do find it interesting and i, I wanted to hear tank's thoughts in a sec i do find it interesting that they are specifically honing in on um, generation z or z um I'm not in that generation. I'm the one before. I think I'm Y. Um, By the way, I'm totally okay with us referring to it as Generation <laughs> Z because it's definitely cooler. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, but I think this would be apply to a, like in in general. Like I, I think um, you know my my dad is bored with Facebook before he even started using it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yep. So I, I think. Te- technology in and of itself doesn't necessarily bring with it an a complete aversion to boredom. Like it doesn't; it's not an inherently unboring. Right. Uh, it can be used for really useful things, and that's how it can become not boring. You know. Yeah. Uh, but it, but that's kind of a personal thing. Tank, what do you think? Um, I remember the article talked about the teens were making the argument that when previous generations had got bored they may just be flicking through the channels over and over again not really paying attention to anything they're seeing on the tv or um i know for me at least it would be like thumbing through all the video games i had looking for one to play but not really caring which one or maybe even putting one in and just going through the motions on it um i remember i beat the first level of one game many times and never actually got through anything <laughs> further just because I was I like, that I could too. do it. Yeah. And I then I ended games. up selling the game and then I kind of regretted it because I was like, I should have persisted with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I think, um, I think it makes sense that there's only so many things that so many apps that can, that you can feel like will bring value to you. And, um, once you have those and once you go through them and you're tired of them, then become bored. And and I think like I I think we tend to as humans ascribe other like other people's boredom as a bad thing especially like if they have something that we don't. Um cuz I feel like that happens a lot with parents. Have you got have you guys had that experience like the feeling like you shouldn't be bored because you have something cool that your parents didn't have or something like that. Like um. Yeah. Do, does that kind of okay. tie into the what we've? T- does that kind of tie into what we've talked about before, where um, people of like our parents' generation look at us and you know when when you're sitting around with your friends and say fifty percent of them are on their phones and they kind of go, why are you not 
interacting. It's yeah, kind of I like guess, like we we approach the technology differently to them. So mm-hmm. to them, we can we interact in multiple ways at multiple times, whereas they kind of see um, they're so bored with each other they're on their phones. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's not actually the case. Um, so I, I don't know. I th- all, all I'm saying in that, I guess, is that I think the perception of our parents' generation in terms of how we interact with technology and whether or not it's actually a boredom filler or whether we're using it, you know, as a utility or whatever is not necessarily always accurate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I could even see, like, myself looking at someone who has, I don't know, something like, I don't know, a Disney World pass, like, they live right in the area, like, how are you not going to that every day? Like... (laughs) Um, but because, and I just actually, I just, I just looked up the, the, the word bored on, uh, on the internet, just so we could get a definition. It says feeling weary because one is unoccupied or lacks interest in one's current activity. And yeah, by that definition, pretty much and nothing is boredom proof, which is interesting. And I hadn't thought about it like that before this article. I guess the other thing is like, by that definition, which sounds like a normal, very standard definition, there's nothing wrong with it. But I guess when you say nothing is boredom proof, I'd almost go so far as to say lots of things in life are boring. Like it's just oh, yeah. how that like taking a shower is not particularly interesting. <laughs> um, like there are lots of there are lots of things that we all need to do as humans that aren't necessarily flavor of the month in terms of favorite pastime. Um, but our lives aren't necessarily meant to be top of the range, interesting every second of every day. In fact, yeah. I think if we were, if that was the case, we'd all be so wired or so tired from trying to be that wired that it would be a real problem. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think yeah. sometimes I guess what I'm saying is there's, I don't know if there's beauty in the mundane, but certainly there's kind of um, rest or peace in aspects of not needing everything to be constantly exciting you. Like some things can just be, I need to do this. I need to get this done, um, and and maybe that is something in this generation, in our you know generation Y and Z, um, that we feel like we have a right to be entertained all the time. Maybe that's the difference, you know, um, since the TV revolution and then more recently the computer revolution. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where the like I guess the division is between the different generations. Yeah, I was wondering how much. Um, what uh what Craig was just saying, I wonder how much um how cultural that is like uh like if how many cultures in the world have much more time where they're not being entertained um whether they're with with family with friends um but just not not seeking this constant entertainment, and so I mean I'm sure they still get bored, but boredom is more just a part of life and it can be filled with, uh, people, mm-hmm. um, or hobby, hobby style tasks that aren't entertaining. Um, yeah. And just, <clears throat> I, it makes me think of someone who was a missionary in a, <clears throat> um, a Muslim context. Uh, and when she came back to America, she was like, man, I don't, I feel like I can't find the time to pray anymore because in that context, you know, there wasn't all these different things trying to take her attention. It was more of a relaxed culture. Time being on time wasn't so important. They weren't didn't have as much technology. And she said, well, so she would just pray all the time. And but now she comes back here and everything's 
pulling her attention away. Um, and she was just like, wow, I don't have time to pray like I used to. So I was thinking, I wonder how much culture, how, how this problem looks in different cultures, but I don't know the answer. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I know, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, the only thing I would have to compare to is basically my childhood versus other people, other people's childhood now. Like uh, there, cause I feel like there's a huge, a huge difference from when I was a kid to now kids with smartphones and Facebook and, and everything that there is on the internet. I mean, I had the internet, but I didn't have the internet like it is now like YouTube took a long time to load. Like it, it took a while. It, it wasn't a fast experience and there wasn't, you know, as much. Um, but reading through some of the quotes in this article, um, like this, this was, this was one that stuck out to me. Sometimes I feel like I've seen everything there is to see on the internet echoed Violet, a 15 year old <laughs> in the UK. I'll circle around on different sites or apps Sometimes I feel like I've reached the end of the internet and I'll just watch the same videos on YouTube until eventually I'm so bored. I start clicking random things on my phone. I, I, I just like, there's, there's part of that that I can't comprehend. I've had, the, I, I feel like I've had bo phone boredom like a couple of times and it's actually like kind of a freeing thing that all of a sudden my phone doesn't have the same attraction anymore. Now I can like go do it, do, go do other things, but that doesn't happen very often. Um, but I can, I can see where, um, like I'm, I'm essentially to some extent, I'm transplanted from one culture. I, I, this feels terrible to compare it to like a third world country or something like that. But comparatively, my, my childhood was much less exciting than a childhood would be today. Um, and so given my original context coming into a new one, um, you know, I, I, I can't cope with, I, I, I see everything as more exciting than the people who have lived it their entire lives. I don't know. I'll take a quick break in here to talk about our sponsor this week, which is Missional Wear, your reformed theology gift shop. They print apparel, drinkware, and accessories with beautiful artwork of historical creeds, quotes, and faces of various uh, theologians. What I'd like to talk about today is their pint glasses, and I know I've talked about these before, but uh, it is just so happens that spring is finally coming around in Pennsylvania, where I'm at. Uh, don't be creepy. And when I get home from a long day's work uh, in 80-degree weather, is, you know, sometimes it's nice to just have a, a cool, uh, delicious beverage of choice, and their pint glasses just make the whole experience so much better. They have so many designs, uh, whether it be, you know, faces of like Martin Luther or Spurgeon or, you know, the, the classic, you know, Calvin, or they, they even have like their logo, the logo with like the, the Calvin and, and uh, Spurgeon face together on the thing, which is really cool. And they've got uh, the, the five solas uh, glasses, whether it be, you know, you want one sola per pint glass or all of them on one, like lots of different options. Um, really tasteful designs. I have one that says man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, which it, it looks really nice. So why don't you check it out? Uh, they've been making things since 2010. They've 
and they've grown an impressive library of designs and items of all kinds. So to grab some apparel, drinkware, or accessories for yourself, or even just to browse their gorgeous designs, check them out at missionalware.com to get your lifestyle on mission to the glory of God. And thank you to Missionalware for sponsoring Tech Reformation. I don't know how different it is for, so for me. It was very boredom was very different when I was a teenager compared to when I was an adult. Like I get bored now for fifteen minutes tops. And I'm just or like on my day off that happens once a week. There may be thirty minutes where I'm like, ah, you know, I'm kind of done. Like I've I've rested, <laughs> and then I find <laughs> something else, you know. Uh, and so there's not that much boredom for me. Um, so, <clears throat> but we could also look at slothfulness in that, um, we, it, I, we are still entertained, even though we're adults, we don't get bored because our limited time is so precious that we're eager to use it and we often use it for entertainment. So anyway, just two thoughts. Uh, one, we could look at how do we help teens with boredom and what, what could a teen do when they're in that situation? Um, and I'm not a parent of a teen, of course, but I just remember my mom was always like, I'm so sorry, you're bored, honey. <laughs> like, she so would always sweet. feel so bad whenever I tell her I'm bored. Um, but, uh, so we could look kind of into that or yeah, we could just look at, um, what I'm trying to say, I think, is there's a distinction between teen boredom and we can explore some areas like what do we do about boredom or what does just boredom mean in general? Or we could start moving into adult boredom, which uh, would be more tailored to kind of what we experience. But they seem to be two different areas. I don't know if that It is sense. interesting that all of the all of the people quoted in this article are teenage females. Of oh, our, 14 to 16 years of age Yeah, there's no boys in there as far as I can see That's really funny I don't know if that was intentional Which, or not Yeah, I don't know either But it just seems like I just noticed it I was like, I wonder if this is different among boys Or if it's the same thing I don't know it's, It would be interesting to know But yeah, you're right, Tank There's probably a difference between the type of boredom experienced by Or, or the, maybe the reasons for boredom experienced by teenagers compared to adults well, I think like t adults have much less boredom because we have so much more that we have to do. And yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling that I know I tend, I tend to, um, end up doing like, uh, like the fidgety things that as like, um, procrast procrastinative move, that's not a word, but, um, <laughs> to, to procrastinate. Uh, instead of doing the things that I really ought to be doing. Um, so I'm not actually bored. I'm just like thinking about the next thing that I have to do and trying not to do it. Um, or and keeping myself from not doing it, but by doing something else, I think, uh, teens can get gen genuinely bored more because they don't have as much that they're responsible for. Um, and I do see there's there's a benefit to boredom, just anecdotally. And even in this article, they they mention like, hey, I got bored, so I decided that I wanted to uh, create this you know social media profile for memes and stuff and that is hugely successful now, and and things like that. Like I do think boredom spurs part of us, like stirs in us a restlessness to do something. Um, you know, either create or uh, find something that is uh, productive or uh, worth something to us. 
Yeah, I was thinking about this, uh, like in terms of like responses to boredom, knowing that boredom's inevitable. And I think that one that you just mentioned, like creativity has kind of a, a byproduct or, or an outcome of boredom is a really positive um, end point, I suppose. But I was thinking like how can we, res- what, what are the like, what are the ways, the choices that we can make to respond to boredom when we're faced with it, knowing that we will face it? And there was three things that I kind of um, came up with. I think I think things can probably fit into these three categories. Maybe there are more. Maybe you, you guys can think of more. One is to sleep when you're bored because it <laughs> might be the fact that your body's just saying, like your brain's just saying, I'm done. I, I don't care. I need to um, not be doing anything, including what you're trying to make me do right now. Um, so <clears throat> rest would be one um, option. Another would be laziness, like going, well, I'm bored and there's nothing that's worth doing that I can see, so therefore I'm going to do nothing and I'm just going to keep being bored and sit here and keep scrolling infinitely or watching the next YouTube video that comes up in the feed or whatever whatever that looks like. Um, and the other thing would be to, uh, <coughs> ignore, I guess, acknowledge the boredom and then be proactive in turning away from it and doing something different. So whether that's, like you said, Derek, creating something or completing a task or um, even just, yes, you know, organizing to spend time with someone or, or, you know, like doing something to fill that time that you would have otherwise spent doing one of those other things, um, just being lazy and doing nothing or sleeping or resting or whatever. Those are kind of three sort of different categories of response and maybe there's more. The, like when you look at biblically, um, Proverbs 6 says, Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard, when will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. So I don't think it's saying we can never sleep because we'll just get robbed every time. But I think it is saying, <laughs> well, I know it's not saying that. It's my <laughs> <laughs> but, Don't but sleep or you'll it, be robbed. A PSA from Tech Reformation. <laughs> but what it does. <laughs> the what more it do, you well, know. I'm sorry. Well, maybe if you don't have a gun to defend yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what, it, what it does seem to be saying is um, when, when our default state or when our uh, extended sort of time is spent doing nothing, uh, problems arise you know we don't have food we don't have um anything to occupy ourselves we don't have uh any way of well i guess you know keeping our possessions and keeping our lives running and things like that you just fall like tank mentioned the word sloth you just fall into a state of being existing without any kind of there's no purpose or direction or um, I think that's the danger of kind of idleness and laziness, not to mention I think Timothy talks about like idle hands or idleness can lead to sinfulness. Mm-hmm. If you, yeah, there's something in First Timothy 5.13. Besides five, that, yeah. they learn to be idlers going about from house to house and not only idlers but also gossips and busybodies, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess I guess you can turn the boredom positive or negative, but it sounds like there's a there's a you know biblically we're told that there is a sort of um, a tendency towards uh, evil or things that are yeah not what we're called to or how we're called to live as Christians when we find ourselves in that bored state. So I think a big a big thing I guess what in summary of that 
thought, I guess, a big thing is when when we recognize boredom in our lives, um, how do we respond? Do we respond by um, opting for the laziness and the lazy option? Or do we respond by um, doing something proactive? I don't know. Is that helpful? Is there, are there any other categories? I, I would actually be out? interested to hear from you, uh, from both of you, if uh, you think boredom is the same as like what the Bible would define as uh, slothfulness. No, I think they're two different things. Okay, that's good because that's what I was going to say too. <laughs> but but <laughs> I think, that, in, I think one, answer. Now that one can lead to the other. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and I agree with that one too. Yeah. So boredom can lead to laziness is what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. And actually there is, uh, I tell you what, I've been Googling all week about trying to find passages on boredom, like in the Bible. And, <laughs> and frankly, like it doesn't look like the Bible says much about boredom, like the way we're talking about boredom. Basically, we're talking about yeah. slothfulness because that's a sin and, you know, that's talked about a lot in uh, Proverbs and and elsewhere and stuff. Um, but there was actually a passage that I thought was really interesting. I, I heard like I heard this in a sermon from a Presbyterian church I subscribe to in the area uh, on a podcast um, where he was going through, let me find the passage. Uh, Proverbs is it Ephesians 5? No, oh. it's Proverbs 2614. <laughs> uh, as a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. <laughs> um, Backwards and forwards is that pretty much all that's saying? Yeah. Well, so he was making the he was making the comment that there's, uh, you know, the sluggard sleeping obviously on his bed. He's not doing anything. Obviously, that's slothfulness. But there's also like this action that's implied like a door turning on its hinges. So the sluggard is turning in his bed. Like there's this fake. Uh, busyness almost about like he's doing something, but he's not doing anything in what he's doing. And he made the comparison to us scrolling our scrolling our Facebook feeds, you know, not doing anything while we're doing things. And that was really that that kind of grabbed out, you know, reached out and grabbed me as uh, as really interesting. And so I, I think that's a good way of thinking about yeah, what are we actually doing? Are we are we doing what we're doing on our phone for a purpose or are we just doing it to keep from doing other things like the sluggard would, mm. you know? Um, Interestingly, two verses down from where you were, yeah. says the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just interesting to me because it's not like on the same sort of topic. It hasn't changed the, you know, Proverbs, the proverb then goes on to sort of slightly changed tack but it's interesting that um sort of laziness like being in a or being content in a state of laziness in that way i can i can certainly see how someone who's in that state thinks that they're there it's it's okay to stay that way because they've thought about all the other options and they're just not happy with them mm-hmm. do you know what i mean um and but I, I guess and i have been that sluggard i can tell you <laughs> right now <laughs> we probably all have at some stage and i think i guess that's what you know that's where come you know we need to especially as adults we need to be able to look at it and and objectively and say those other options that we're discounting um if you really look closely and think about it biblically and and think about family responsibilities and all that kind of thing 
there there will be things that you can do that would be better than uh, and less foolish than staying in your laziness. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Uh, and and just just to be clear, so we're not binding people's consciences. What we're not saying is, and I think you said this earlier. You know, you you don't just never sleep because you might get robbed. You know, <laughs> resting <laughs> yeah. is good. Like having Resting's that good. time yeah. to rest and recoup is good. And I would say that's actually. That that's not slothfulness because you're doing something to rejuvenate yourself. Like correct, yeah. You are yeah. relaxing. You are playing a video game. You're scrolling through Facebook to kind of renew your mind and, um, you know, for the next thing that you're gonna do or at the end of the day or whatever. Um, and, and I also want to should add that entertainment isn't evil either. Like we're oh, not yeah. saying don't ever don't ever sit down and just watch TV and chill f- for a couple of hours or whatever. Like that's certainly wouldn't want people to feel like their consciences are bound to anything in that way either. Um, but I know for me, and this is just a personal thing, I know like uh, I historically have struggled with regular Bible reading, um, like very, very regular. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've sort of done it, but it hasn't been as regular as I'd like it to be. And I've tried to build into my schedule so that, because I, I just in the mornings with getting child ready and getting myself off to work, I, I re- rarely find the time. Um, I've tried to make it a practice that before I watch TV at night, I read. Uh, that's when I do my Bible reading. So it it happens, and I like I, I have my that time that is sort of in, that important time is is set aside there, and then I I just chill and you know before I go to bed or whatever, just uh, have my relax. So I still have the entertainment time like the the sort of recreation time um it's not like we're we're sort of trying to say that every single waking moment of your life has to be filled with um some incredibly advancing activity that that's gonna um change the world or anything like that but uh i guess i guess it's just there's an extreme the other way where people can just get caught up in um a state of you know uh, it's not worth putting in any effort in and whatever Mm -hmm. i I do think that perhaps Again, on our culture side, um, we may we may need to be more wary of the one that um, need to be more wary of the ex- the likelihood that we lean too far to um, the entertainment side or the relaxing side. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a very many, and I, there definitely are, and there's workaholics for sure. Um, but I don't think uh, there's as many people that. I think, but I do think it would be true if we were to take a blanket look at everyone, less people would be extreme on the advancing the kingdom side and more people would be lean towards, yeah, just like our spiritual disciplines we struggle with, um, our regular activities, our work, and then come home and spend time with the family instead of, which is good and important, but there's not a daily or multiple times weekly um, habit of advancing the kingdom outside our house or bringing people into our house, like hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, well, it's definitely good to guard against the extreme. I think um, most of us need to guard against the slothfulness and look at our lives and think, our, is every night am I coming home and watching TV? How mm-hmm. often do I have unbelievers in my house? How often do I have fellow Christians in my house. How often am I doing the spiritual disciplines of prayer and uh, reading the word and fasting and those things? Um, Mm -hmm. 
and then and then think about these things that we've talked about slothfulness and it's and are we are we being slothful but we've reasoned it out as you know a couple hours of entertainment a night is is good whenever i've worked hard all day um or it's good just to hang out and relax with the family each day um and so yeah one this one thought on what should really drive our motivation is um is what Jesus said in John 9, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And that's when he heals a man. But um, yeah, just thinking that there's a time where the um, yeah the opportunities to know uh, God and be saved will end. And, um, and if we're if we're resting in order to be recuperated, in order to do the works of our Lord, then that's awesome. Um, but if we're if we're resting and being and focusing on entertainment, as we said earlier, as a as like a right or like oh, this is something I deserve. Um, yeah, I think that we could look and are we saying we deserve entertainment when we haven't even been eating the real food that brings life? which is intimacy with Christ and then doing the works. That's like Jesus said of my bread is doing the will of my father who sent me. So are we, are we eating those breads? Um, is a good thing to look at first. Yeah, that's really good. That, that's fantastic. And I think bringing it back to technology, like it's that's, that needs to be part of that consideration as well. Like where does that fit into the, is that helping or hindering? Like you said, tank the time that we spend, with spiritual disciplines or interacting with other Christians or non-Christians or whatever, like how does that sort of complement or does that distract from um, other things that we could be doing that might be more productive or more beneficial for the kingdom um, and, and things like that. Again, we're not saying people can't use Facebook and their phones. Like we're not, we're not making these kind of arbitrary rules, mm-hmm. but it is about assessing what we're doing and I guess trying to just be wise with the time that we have I know we've mentioned this verse before. I think Ben, I've have Ben's voice saying it in my head. Uh, I think it's come up multiple times in the past on this show. Uh, Ephesians five fifteen. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Um, so it's a call to wisdom, and it's also importantly a call a call to make the best use of the time. Um, again. I'm sh- like he's not saying we can't rest and we can't enjoy life. We can't um, have times of recreation and leisure. But uh, when we are, when we find ourselves, I guess, spending time on things like entertainment or technology or um, you know relaxation and what might end up becoming laziness if we're not careful, <laughs> I guess it, it's a it's a wisdom and a, a consideration of is this the best use of my time, um, the time that God's given me because life is a vapor, right? It's short. So, um, which is also part of what Tank was saying. We, we've only got a certain amount of time. So how do we make the best use of that um, in terms of glorifying God and serving him? And I just want to throw this in here at the, at the end, because we've been uh, fairly law heavy this episode. I just want to remind you sisters and brothers that if, really? uh, well, I feel like, I feel like we've been like, I don't know. I feel convicted. Um, okay. Yeah. But I just want to remind you that if you do feel, uh, convicted through, uh, what we're talking about, that you have a father who is, uh, quick to forgive, 
Uh, and so repent and be forgiven. And uh, yeah, relish in that new life you have. Yeah, it's good. And if you would like to connect with us or give us your thoughts about this episode, we would love to hear that in our Slack channel. Uh, you can go to... Uh, not Slack channel. Dang it, I do this every time. It's the <laughs> it's Workspace our, is such a cumbersome term. I know, it's terrible. But we're kind of using it for a purpose it's not supposed to be used for. So, you know, it is what it is. But it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of a lot of people in there who who uh, talk about all kinds of different topics. So jump in on the conversation. You can join us at slack.techreformation.com to get yourself an account and sign in. There's also our website. You can go techreformation.com. Um, that's where we have all our past shows and topics that you can go listen to them or re-listen to them. You can also contact us on Twitter at techreformation. And if you enjoy this episode, we really encourage you to rate and review on iTunes. It really helps us out um, in terms of getting uh, a little bit more exposure to potential new listeners. But even better than that, um, sharing episodes with your friends and telling people about it through your social media is a fantastic help to us. So, yes, uh, yeah, either jump on Twitter and talk to us or share Tech Reformation with your friends. We'd really appreciate it. This has been Tech Reformation. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. And I ain't looking back. No, no, I ain't looking back.